It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved, everywhere. Also by Provo Land Title. Buying, selling, or refinancing? Close with the pros at Provo Land Title. Relax. PLT has you covered. And by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Man alive, what a win for the BYU Cougars. BYU gets the win in Houston tonight. It looked uh, a little sketchy before the fourth quarter began, and then it was all BYU. 43-26 is your final. BYU moves to 5-0 and for the first time since 2008. They are ranked 14th right now. We'll see what happens as the weekend continues, but all that matters is that BYU picked up a win against a very good Houston team, and they did it in come-from-behind fashion. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50, that's BYU50, at PapaJohns.com tomorrow and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location tomorrow only. Lots of stuff to talk about. Just I, I immediately want to go to the fourth quarter. That is the quarter that BYU dominated. BYU dominated the first and the fourth quarters. The first quarter was all BYU. They outscored Houston 14-3. to The two middle quarters were all about the Cougars in red. Clayton Toon, he was just about unstoppable in the second and third quarter, and it built the lead for the Houston Cougars to 26-14. to Then the fourth quarter happened. In that fourth quarter alone, not looking at any other quarter, BYU outscored in the fourth quarter Houston 22 to nothing. Total yards in that quarter 99 to 20. Rushing yards 31 to 17. That's not a massive number, but it's still a number in which BYU stats were just almost double of what Houston was on the ground. Passing yards 68 to 3. 68 passing yards to just 3 for Houston after what we had seen in the middle two quarters for Toon to just 3 yards. Total play 17 to 19. Not that big of a difference but it was the play of Zach Wilson Dax Milne and you've got to give credit to the BYU defense they looked completely tired in the second and the third quarter but in the fourth quarter when they needed to come up with big time stops they did it. Three consecutive possessions, they were able to force a punt by the Houston Cougars. In fact, the final four possessions for the Houston Cougars, and let's get to the drives here. Going to get to the drive. So the final four possessions for the Houston Cougars were punt, 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 downs, and then the game ended. That's what BYU's defense did in the fourth quarter. And then not to mention the stats that Zach Wilson put up. 25 of 35, right on the nose, 400 yards as well as four touchdowns. Three of those to Dax Milne, a career day for Dax Milne. Nine catches for 184 yards and three touchdowns. An average of just 
a little over 20 yards a catch, including the very first play of the game, which went for a 78-yard touchdown. A massive, massive win for BYU, and this is one of those wins. We talked about it before. You had people saying, well, look at the schedule. Wait till they play a team that is legitimate. Well, that was the team tonight, and BYU won 43-26. to We'll take a break. When we come back, we may be able to hear from Kalani Satake. If not, we'll get you some scores from earlier today and look ahead to the schedule tomorrow. 43-26, BYU gets the win. They are now 5-0 and for the first time since 2008. More Cougar Post Game Live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Needless to say, it's probably a very energetic and positive BYU locker room. Still waiting for head coach Kalani Satake to hop on Zoom so we can hear his postgame comments. Welcome back into Cougar Postgame Live. BYU, 29 unanswered points. 43-26 is the final score. BYU with 14 points in the first quarter. Did not score in the second. They scored a touchdown in the third. And then in the fourth quarter, they just blew it wide open. 22 points. 43-26 is your final score. All right, BYU's game was not the only game tonight that featured a team in the top 25. The game that preceded Hours on ESPN had number 17 SMU on the road at Tulane. Tulane was actually in Houston last week. That's how the Houston Cougars picked up their first win of the season. Number 17 SMU goes to overtime, but they do get the win. They remain unbeaten, and like BYU, they are 5 and 0. They get the win 37 34 over Tulane in overtime. All right, your top 25 schedule for tomorrow. Number one, Clemson taking on Georgia Tech on the road. Pitt at number 13, Miami. Number 15, Auburn on the road at South Carolina. 18th ranked, Tennessee. The Vols hosting Kentucky. Number four, Notre Dame hosting the Louisville Cardinals. Number 11, Texas A&M on the road at Mississippi State. Number 5, North Carolina at Florida State. The big one between number 2, Alabama, and number 3, Georgia. Still waiting to find out if Nick Saban will be cleared after a couple of negative tests for COVID. See if he can coach. We will... uh Find out if uh, if that takes place probably within the next couple of hours. Boston College at number 23, Virginia Tech. That rounds out your schedule tomorrow in games featuring top 25 teams. All right, before we take a break, uh, Major League Baseball, it is the League Championship Series. Both of them in action tonight. The first game of the day was the ALCS. It was game six between the Rays and the Astros. It was the Rays leading Three games to two heading into this game. The Astros tied up the series 3-3 with their 7-4 win today over Tampa. And then in the NLCS, the Braves were on the verge of going to the World Series. They led the series 3-1. Dodgers come back. Nine hits, seven runs. L.A. defeats Atlanta 7-3. So there will be a Game 6 in the NLCS and a Game 7 in the ALCS. The World Series not finalized just yet. All right, we'll take one more break. Come back. If Kalani is speaking, we'll let you hear from him. Otherwise, we'll wrap things up and then let uh, Greg and Riley have uh, all the post-game interviews via Zoom uh, during the Cougar Locker Room Show. Your final from Houston, 43-26. BYU gets the impressive win, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
What a night in Houston for the BYU Cougars. They get the win 43-26. That's going to do it from our BYU Radio Studios here in Provo. After the break, the Cougar Locker Room Show, you should be able to hear from quarterback Zach Wilson, as well as head coach Kalani Satake and others. Cougar Locker Room Show coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, where this wasn't a full house, but Riley Nelson, at every point when it mattered tonight, it felt like one, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I, the energy, the sound, even the band, I mean, it was uh, I mean, it was a full house given the COVID restrictions, and everybody who was in this game in attendance and the players on the field with their performance made this uh, a, a special night that uh, – Thinking back from this and the emotions that we felt, we'll never have known that the stadium was only, you know, a third full. All right. The plan here on the Cougar Locker Room Show is to hear from Zach Wilson and then hear from Kalani Sitake on Zoom and then get some more player interviews on Zoom as well uh, before we end up uh, talking with Kalani two-on-one a little later on in our postgame coverage. So our next item of business, we hope, is a conversation with Zach Wilson, who tonight had uh, the best night of his BYU career. In a lot of ways. Uh, He might have had a higher pass efficiency rating in some other game, but bottom line is he was 205.1 tonight. Anything over 150 is excellent, and 200 is rarefied air. And now he's been 200 or better in four or five games this year, which is insane. And uh, tonight it's on a 25 for 35 night for 400, and those 400 are a career high as well. And I hope that's what I – maybe Zach Wilson putting on the headset. Is Is that our chance of that happening? Yeah, Greg, here we go. We got Zach on the line. Perfect. Zach, Greg, and Riley upstairs. Congratulations on the win tonight for you and the boys. Thank you. It was a huge win for us. It was awesome. Massive win. And and for a lot of that game, things weren't going maybe the way you hoped or wanted them to. What did you guys still have in the tank to throw that late third and fourth quarter together tonight? That was something. Yeah, you know, really I think it started at the beginning of the game when we were talking, you know, Coach Grimey had me go up in front of the team, and, and really the message was is, is there's going to be adversity tonight. You know, this is a good, great team. These guys are going to score, and, you know, the defense is going to come up with some big stops, but they're going to make some plays too. And so uh, we really just had to get to the point where it's, hey, they made a good play, and we're down, but we're going to rebound, and we're going to come back from this. And, you know, we were expecting that going into the game. We knew they were a great team. And so I'm proud of the boys from battling back and having that short-term memory each and every drive. It was awesome. It was an amazing finish. It was a great start. And and you got to feel right away what it feels like again to have BYU fans in the stands. Houston goes up 3 nothing. Then you guys score, score 14 straight. And what a vibe out there, right? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was great to have our fans there. Great showing from us. Uh, you know, it was weird. You know, it was weird playing in front of fans again. It was almost like we all forgot what that was like. Uh, I think the energy comes when the when the fans are cheering against us too. When we got Houston, you know, cheering against us and they're making plays, you know, that's when that's when the energy starts to pick up and guys are like, "Hey, let's get after it." You know, this is this is fun. Uh, the feeling of tonight's game was just different than the last three, man. It was, it was just, it was so much more intense. The moment was so much bigger, and you know we needed to make plays in critical moments that we haven't had to do yet this year. And guys did a great job. 
And, Zach, I know you live for that. You thrive for that. It was so obvious on the field, and I know you're not about that life, about talking about yourself, so I'm going to give you a chance. But, by the way, let me just state for all the fans out there that you are as advertised. You deserve all the all the talk, all the accolades, everything coming your way. So great job going out there and performing. But after the game, you got done with the TV. Uh, I was watching along the sideline, and someone came and jumped on your back, and I was like, who's that assaulting Zach? And it was Aaron Roderick. Talk a little bit about what it's been like with your QB coach, and also you mentioned Coach Grimes, who I thought called a great game. Uh, you, I mean, ultimately it's on you to execute there, but you can tell you have a special relationship with those two guys on your coaching staff. Uh, they, they did a great job tonight. You know, I love, I love Coach A-Rod. Me and him got a great connection. Uh, you know, even when things aren't going well, I get on the phone with him, and, and we figure it out, man. We talk it through, and, uh, you know, that's an exciting moment for both of us at the end of that game. We, you know, the feelings uh, emotionally are the same with him up in the box and me on the field, and, uh, you know, what a great moment. You know, you live for this stuff, and, you know, it's something I'll never forget, you know, him running down on the field and, and, and having the, that feeling, you know. Uh, lo- love what we have, you know, between me and him. Was there a little Kansas City Chiefs influence on the underhand uh, scoop flip to uh, to Mason? Yep, yep, man. Uh, great play call. Perfect situation. You know, I was out on the field, and I was like, wow, like Chiefs, Chiefs would be great right now. You know, we literally call it after the Chiefs, and I'm like, this play would be great right now, and he calls it. I'm like, this is going to score. Like, this is perfect call for this situation. How much fun is it to see Mason do his thing out there, by the way? I love it. I love it. That kid's a stud. Uh, there could be four dudes jumping at him, and he's going to still try and hurdle them. I love, his, I love his heart. That guy, he tries so hard. Okay, so Dax Mill, nine catches, 184, three TDs. Talk about the chemistry you've developed with him. It looked like Gunner went down with a hamstring. Uh, at, but, I mean, Dax picked up any and all slack and more. Talk a little bit about that guy. Yeah, I mean, that guy has has made huge improvement from last year. You know, I knew he had it in him. I knew he was going to be a big-time player for us eventually. You know, he had to wait a little bit last year, you know, to really be that star player. But, man, what a great opportunity for him tonight. You know, he came on as a walk-on to BYU. A lot of people probably doubted him, never thought that he could be that guy. And then and then even as a starter, they're, hey, this kid was a walk-on. How good can he really be? And, you know, I'm so proud of him, man. I, I love that guy. And, you know, I'd do anything for him. Like, people at the end are, hey, great throw, way to put that on the money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that was the easy part. Dax burned a guy in one-on-one, got a step on him, and, and really just, just let me put a ball – you know, right over his shoulder. You know, it was a great job by him winning the one-on-one. And you saw the first one, first play of the game. He comes out and takes it 80 to the house. And so I'm just – I'm so happy for him, man. Hey, uh, Zach, whether it's uh, – and we're going to wrap it up with you real quick here, but whether it's not having players available or losing guys in the game or going down 12, you guys did face the adversity you knew was coming, and this is the way you responded. What does it say about the potential of this team moving forward? Yeah, that's a veteran move by everybody on this team, man. I mean, teams, teams that are inconsistent and don't win big-time games, and have potential to be good but maybe aren't the, as good as they can be are the ones that, that choke in that moment. And, you know, there wasn't a, a frown or, or a letdown on anyone's face tonight in any of those situations. You know, there was a time where the momentum had turned on us, their fans were getting up, they were moving the ball, and the offensive message was, hey, it's our turn. Like like one drive at a time, let's go score it. And, you know, even if we didn't, it was on to the next drive again, and we just knew we had to come and capitalize. Last thing for you, Zach, this wasn't a P5, but it was a really good G5 on the road 
and this is how you responded. It says good things about what's uh, what's to, what's to look forward to, don't you think? Yeah, no doubt. This is a great team, and and anyone that says they're not because they're not a P5 team, you know, doesn't know football because these guys are a great football team. They got P5 talent all around. Well coached team that that came out and played played their heart out, man. So uh, I wish those guys the best of luck this next year because uh, you know they're a great team. And I know you embrace the moment, right? I love it. I love it. Congrats to you. Thank you, guys. All right, Appreciate thanks it. a lot, Zach. Let's head to uh, Kalani Sitaki with Zoom in the postgame press conference. Our offense is clicking. You just got to give them time, and sometimes it takes takes a little while for it to get going, but those guys can score points. And defensively, you know, we, we, we did some things differently in scheme-wise that I think we're going to have to go to and, and um, be a little bit more aggressive in a lot of different ways. So, uh, obviously, uh, being aggressive was the key, and – you know, on onside's kick, going for it on on third down and fourth down often is, or going for it on fourth down is, uh, I think it sets a mindset for our players that we we want to go and grab the win, and uh, basically take the initiative and make things happen. So just proud that we were able to get the win. Obviously, we need some things to get fixed between now and next week, and looking forward to getting that done. Kalani, after you gave up that touchdown to go down 12, after they had like a 98-yard drive, how big was that offensive drive afterward? I think uh, Zach had a couple big throws to Dax and able to get it back in the end zone. How big of a moment was that? Yeah, that was huge. But, you know, I I look at – we have to assess that that, that long drive. There's a lot of things that happened in that drive. We got the ball on the ground a couple times, you know, and and, uh, they had this – this target targeting penalty that I, I have no idea it took them 10 minutes to figure it out that, but, but I, I have to look at it myself. I, I saw it. I just didn't, I don't understand, but whatever, you know, and, and they had, we had a lot of different things happen throughout that, that uh, those, the series where uh, we made it hard on them. The credit to them, they made plays and they were able to advance the ball down, but uh, we knew what the deficiencies were. We knew what the issues were, were in that drive and we set out to fix it. And as we started to fix it, there's no panic. And then the coaches or or or, um, or the players, we just knew that we'd have to get it fixed. And as we started to do that, our offense started to click a little bit, and and uh, the result is what happens. I feel like we started to figure things out, and you know our pass rush started to happening, started to click a lot better. We started to get stronger as the game went on, and and um, that's why we trained. These guys are a great team, and I'm looking forward to, to making some. You know, just like to see us start fast and stick to the end. You know what I mean? But you have to give a lot of credit to to Houston and the things that they did tested us and probably made us rethink a few things scheme-wise, defensively, and then offensively, I think they, they made some plays. You know, the, the defense was able to get some stops on fourth down short and do a lot of different things. They brought a lot of different pressures, and uh, we just knew that given some time, Zach can do a lot of things with, with the ball in his hands, and he was able to run and throw and, and, and make some big plays for us. Let's go Norma J. Brandon. Hey, Coach. I'm kind of sad that I wasn't able to go back to my home state, but... I, I know. I thought you'd be here. <laughs> we oh. ran out the Texas flag for you. <laughs> wow. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'll tell my sisters that they should have been there for me. But um, <laughs> it seemed like you guys had some trouble mounting a running game, but it kind of opened up the opportunity for Sack and Dax to kind of put up career best night. So I guess, can you talk into about what went into the game plan, I guess, to do more of an air raid rather than run game well they they were committed to stopping the run and that's what the pressures that they brought they did so many things up front 
um, just make it hard for us to run. You know, we, we had to, we had to keep trying because we felt like if we can get bodies on bodies, we'd be good, but they started overwhelming us with the pressure. And as we started to, to look at adjustments and things that we could do differently, uh, I thought it was a good, it was a good uh, matchup with what they're trying to do defensively and what our offensive minds were thinking about. And, um, and, you know, I was, I'm just glad that we were able to go to a few things to make it work. And i uh, just happy that our, our guys came out with a win. I, I, I know that, um, Coaches are smart. I know that our players are smart too, and we just give them a chance to to be in a position to have success. Meaning that we put them in the uh, the optimal position for them to to utilize their strengths. That, that good things will happen. Hey Kalani, with about seven minutes to go, you had the ball at midfield. You got stuffed on a third and one. Um, how hard was it not to go for the fourth down there? Not to go for it. You punted it away. Uh, I really wanted to go for it. <laughs> I, that's like, yeah, that, that was really hard for me to, to to let that just punt. But, you know, I think I can't remember what happened on the punt. Did did, did we they go into the end zone or is that one that we pinned them back? I can't remember. You might have to remind me. Yeah, it went in the end zone. Chris Wilcox. Yeah, should have gone for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see it. I, I'll look over it and I like to be aggressive, but that's why I have Ed and, and the rest of the coaching staff to help reel me back a little bit. But yeah, I, I just, I just like to might be mindful of where the sticks are. So we don't have to get into third and short situation and make it so hard on everybody. Cause I'm, I want to go for it, but that, that, that was the right decision. And I'm glad I was able to talk with our coaches and get feedback and make the right decision there. Lonnie, I thought the play that changed the game, the decision was that onside kick. Uh, what went into that and how much of that was maybe predicated on giving the defense more of a rest? Um, I think, you know, we have, I mean, Ed Lamb's a great coach and he runs our special teams. And, uh, you know, you look at the things that we were able to do against a, a really, really good dynamic team, like uh, the return team, like, like Houston. And we, we were able to pin them, pin them back and, and get some stops on kickoffs and just be disruptive. And, and I think, Ed saw something and Jake Oldroyd liked it a lot. And you know me, I was like, you're going to get the green light. So uh, they wanted to do it and we thought it was a good time. I, I I don't know if it worked. I mean, I don't think that drive did anything, right? But we were able to pin them deep a little bit. Um, but more than anything, it's the mindset that our team has to have. We, we, we focus on trying to be bold and trying to do things that, that, that kind of – we want to have that, mi- that mindset, that mentality of being bold and aggressive and swinging for the fences, different sport, but you know what I mean? Just, just that's, that's what I want to do. And I want to establish that. And it didn't surprise our players when we called it, they obviously didn't, they were expecting it. And, you know, I'm glad that we were able to do things like that. Just like, I mean, I just like the game plan that we had all together as a great team win, <clears throat> but the mindset would be aggressive. All right, let's go Dick Hunter and Sean. Yeah, Kalani, uh, congratulations on the, the win on the road. A uh, big win for you guys. Um, could you touch again on the chemistry that Dax and Zach has worked out in this game? It really uh, it really showed. Yeah, those guys have known each other since they're kids. So, you know, I, th- I think uh, they're just used to being around each other. And then in the offseason, you look at Zach as a leader getting the, the team together to throw the ball. I mean, that's – that's you already know the things that he's going to do individually to, to, to make himself better, but it's the leadership that I like from from him and other players on our team, being able to 
get their guys to get out there and, and do some work. Um, you can see that there's a connection, there's a rhythm that they have with each other. But that's with with um, with Zach and, and all the receivers. And then you look at our, our quarterback position, they have this connection with their with the players that uh, I think it's they, they just have a great mindset on where the ball is going to be. So uh, it's the hard work from our coaches, but definitely from our players to be able to have that connection is huge. And, and you have to give a lot of credit to the players being able to work around each other and, and be around each other often. Thank you. Coach, it was a pretty emotional game, a lot at stake and having to come from behind and seemed like it got chippy at a little couple of different points there with the headbutt on Micah and it appeared as if one of the Houston players spit in the face of Keenan Ellis. Uh, with everything going on, what did you see from your team, uh, how they were able to stay composed, keep their heads uh, and just keep focusing on the game and keep playing well? I was proud of our guys. You know, we try to play the game of sportsmanship and class as much as possible. And we know that, um, you know, even if we try to help people up, they may not want it. And just want our guys to just make sure that they play smart football. We're there to play a game, not to get in a fight. And it just shows a lot of self-discipline for our guys. So that, that's that's a key. <laughs> we got we got a lot of things to, to, to fix. And with that, I'm just glad our players have a great mindset to play the game and, and honor the game by not getting involved with all the other stuff. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that sometimes, you know, Guys will do things that, that are that I know is not a representation of them, meaning Houston, whether spitting in someone's face or things like that. But just proud of our players and their response. You know, they they didn't it didn't get um, the reaction. I mean, even the headbutt on on Micah was so that Micah just you, you saw just kind of pushed off. So I, I, I like the way our guys' mindset are. They want to play the game. They want to be aggressive. They want to be physical. But I think altogether, uh, it was a good game and like the performance. I, I just like the 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 mindset of our boys. Thanks, Coach. Coach, I, I know talking about defense, when after they gave up, what was it, 400 and something yards, probably doesn't maybe sound right. But I thought the, the defensive guys really kind of stepped up, especially in that second half, Alden and, and Zach and, and some of them, especially with how many guys you were down. Was this – just was this kind of a sort of an emergence for some of those guys, especially with so many starters out guys like, like Kyrus and all of them? I hope so. I mean, I, you know, um, I like the second half defense and I like the first quarter defense, right? <laughs> this is like uh, as much as, I mean, the first couple drives or whatever, even though they got three points in the first drive, I just, I think defensively we had to change, change things up and, and, you know, and, and we played we, – we had to challenge them a little bit. We, we had to play some man defense, and that that's uh, – I like it, you know. And, and our four-man rush was getting there, was hitting home. I think Houston did a good job at protecting their quarterback early. And um, we, we feel really good about our strength and conditioning program, feel good about our, our players' fitness. And we knew that uh, in the fourth quarter we're usually stronger than most teams, and so it, it did pay off. And that was in all, all areas, in all three phases, we felt like we were much stronger towards the end. Hey, thanks, Coach. Uh, we're going to have... All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and continue our coverage of BYU's win over Houston tonight here at the TDECU Stadium. BYU wins at 43-26 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
And let's get back down to the BYU press conference. We had Zach Wilson two-on-one with Riley and me. Now Zach Wilson talking to the press on Zoom after his big night. The foot on the gas. And, uh, you know, the times we couldn't score tonight, I, I still think was was us killing ourselves, you know, putting ourselves with penalties, backing us in, into tough, situation, in tough situations or, you know, not being able to capitalize on a third and one or a fourth and one, you know, getting – getting stuffed on easy situational drives where we're putting ourselves in a good situation but can't capitalize on it. So still so much improvement, but but just so glad for how we responded to adversity. Hey, Zach, speaking of that adversity, you had that uh, seven minutes left midfield. You got stuffed on third and one. Uh, Kyle, or Kalani sends on the punt team. What, what was kind of the attitude of the offense there when that happened? Yeah, you know, it was, it was a pissed off mentality, but hey, we're going to get the next one. You know, we were we were thinking in our heads, hey, momentum had shifted. They had great field. We had great field position coming back on and it was boom, boom. We had two pretty good plays to start the drive. We got to a third and one situation and, you know, we stopped ourselves. And, and now that, that's something that we need to we need to work on this next week is being able to move the chains on a third and one. You know, that's that's one of the easiest situations we can put ourselves in. And so. Um, pissed off, but but hungry to come out the next uh, the next drive to capitalize. On that play, were you going to sneak it? It looked like you might have uh, called an audible there. Uh, you know, not on that one. Um, we had a, you know, based off of one of the other games, we we're just trying to draw them off sides. You know, we were trying to get their them uh, amped up. We were trying to run up to the line quick, act like we were sneaking it, and then uh, we had an audible out of it, and so. Um, you know, it just it didn't work. You know, we gotta we gotta capitalize on that stuff. You guys lost um, Gunnar Romney throughout the game, but Dax Milne was there just to pick up. What were you seeing from him? What what were the passes like? How did you just feel throwing to him all night? Oh, that dude's a playmaker. Love that guy. You know, he's he's one of my best friends, and you know, I'm so happy for him. Everything he's gone through in his life, and the ups and downs of being a, a preferred walk on kid, and taking on the challenge of coming in and and taking on a challenge where no one no one really thinks you can do it. You know, I, I've believed in that guy since day one. I've always I've always known he was gonna be a big time player for us. And so I'm I'm so happy for him in this moment that that, you know, when you hit a you hit a, a spot like third and fifteen, it's it's where's my guy at? Where where can I go and give Dax a one on one opportunity? And he ran a great route there to separate himself and you know the throw was easy because he 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 got he got open. So I'm just I'm super happy for him. Okay, last question, Maxwell Clark. Hey, Zach, so you had an, an unfortunate interception against Navy, um, but now you've thrown 132 consecutive passes um, without completing, without throwing an interception. What can you attribute? That's the sixth longest streak in BYU history. Um, what can you attribute that offensive success to to this point? Man, it's a team. It's a team stat. You know, that's a team stat, no doubt. I've had balls that were 50-50 balls, maybe even 60-40 in the defense's uh, favor because of where I put the ball. And, and my dudes are going up and they're making plays, you know. Uh, interceptions come when when pressure gets on the quarterback too, and I know these guys are trying to bring some pressure tonight. And I got an O line that gives me, give me gives me more more than enough time, and so that's a stat that goes all the way around the team. That's just that's guys around me making plays. Okay, thanks, Zach. Appreciate your time. Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback, will take a break and resume our BYU press conference coverage after this here in Houston. BYU defeats Houston by a score of forty three twenty six on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
BYU 43, Houston at 26, our final score. Zach Daw speaking to the press on Zoom. Let's join that conversation now. Represent BYU and, and coming out, and we can hear their voices. We can feel their energy on the field. Even though the field wasn't max capacity, you know, the stadium was loud. And, uh, you know, that's a huge shout-out to the, the BYU fans for showing up and, and giving it their best effort, just like we did tonight. Hey, Zach, so how much did it hurt to lose out Kairos this week? And did that have any impact on maybe uh, the way the Houston offense was able to really dominate that first half? You know, it was it was really hard to lose Kairos this week. Um, it was unfortunate. And uh, Kairos was completely supportive of us and, and made sure that uh, he knew or that we knew that he was with us. And so going to the game, you know, we had – Caden Hawes step up and Gabe Summers and all these guys, and I thought they did an excellent job. Um, no one can replace Kairos Tonga. He's Kairos Tonga, but I thought these other guys, um, you know, Batty and Sleti and uh, Earl Mariner, they really stepped up tonight, and they did their role. They did their job, and, and we all did it, and we just played our best, and, and uh, we had Kairos' back tonight, so – Zach, in the third quarter, they had that drive that seemed to last half the night where they go 98 yards. Offense comes back. They score really fast, but then they do that onside kick. And even though they didn't convert, it seemed like that gave you guys a second wind, and you guys really picked up your play after that. How winded were you, you guys, and how necessary was it for you guys to, to maybe get back on top to, to, to have that sequence? Um, You know, after – they went and, and Jake had the awesome kick. It just lit a spark on the sideline. Um, you know, as a defense, it gets, especially in, in Houston where it's so humid, you know, it gets a little draining at times. But um, when the offense went out and had our back and we had that extra break, you know, we, we had faith in the offense and, and it was just some time for us to meet on the sideline and really make some crucial adjustments. So that was, that was a huge turning point in the night. Let's go, Jared and Sean. Right after that sequence, Zach, they got the ball back. You guys are still – I think you guys are still down at that point, and uh, you finally get that twist to work and, and are able to come through and hit the guy on a big third down, get the ball back for your team. Talk about that moment and just being able to, to, to get that hit, that sack in that moment to, to keep the momentum on your side and kind of set the offense up with good field position. Um, you know, it was – an awesome, awesome play. The play goes to hats off to all the D linemen. It's not just me making the play. I just happened to be the guy looping and, uh, and the opportunity that was there for me, Caden Hawes did a great job. Um, feeling like just getting the pressure for me and also Bracken Bakery and, and all the, and all these guys, it really, when one person gets a sack, it's a full D line sack. So we all take pride in that. Zach, this is the, the second straight game that you guys on the defensive side have, for lack of a better term, kind of had your backs against the wall a couple times, um, especially in the second half. Do you pride yourselves on being able to sort of stiffen up when times are maybe toughest like you did tonight, you know, kind of using sort of that building off of, I guess, the last question, sort of building off of the the, the fourth quarter and, and just having to go out and make a play and, and just get better as the game goes on? Do you pride yourself on maybe bringing your your best late in the game? Um, yeah, you know, um, we're used to adversity, especially this is an, this is an experienced team. We've been through adversity, and and uh, 
we we prepared for it in the off season. Our new and these guys are making us blow chunks or pushing sleds and all this stuff that people don't see. But you know we're ready for the fourth quarter and and every time we're going to bring our best regardless the outcome. So you know I think this team is we're ready and and we're seasoned. And uh, at the end of the day, this is a team that we you know we're so tight, offense defense, and we all have each other's back. So. Okay. Thanks, Zach. All right. So that is Zach Daw. When we return, wide receiver Dax Milne on his career night. BYU 43, Houston 26 is our final score. More of the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show from Houston next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Career single-game highs in catches, nine yards, 184, and touchdowns, three for Dax Milne. Dax Milne is speaking to the media on Zoom right now. Let's join in with reporters and Dax's comments. But do you feel like your connection is, after like 27 years of being around Zach, do you feel like your connection is still growing each practice and each game and, and all that to where you can kind of put on performances like you did tonight? Yeah, yeah, just like it's grown um, thus far. I think it just continues to uh, to get stronger and stronger as, as the weeks go by. It's just, it's, it's fun to be a part of. Okay, uh, let's go Norma, Jared. Hey, Dax, how much did it help to have fans in the stadium? And was that sort of a um, drive or, or inspired your comeback um, did it help to have those fans cheering for you to be able to mount that comeback? Yeah, I'd attribute, uh, attribute a lot to the fans. Um, <clears throat> it, it for sure helps us, uh, dig deeper and, and, um, helps us compete. You know, when, when you hear a bunch of people, uh, that just have the same love for BYU football as you do, it's just, it's, um, it creates an exciting atmosphere and, and, uh, adds to our play for sure. Dax, I wanted you to take me through that last touchdown because it's a three-point game, third and 15. You guys are looking at, you know, keeping it a one-score game if you have to go to the field goal and don't convert there. Take me through that play and what it was like to be able to, you know, kind of build that separation and, and kind of put the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, uh, that, that one felt great. Um, I think I think Houston thought that we were going to play a save just given the situation, um, maybe just run the ball for the clock and then try for a field goal and – and so when I heard the play call, I I got really excited because I knew it was it was a it was a touchdown play, and I just had to do my job, and everyone else had to do their job as well. So <clears throat> once again, I'm just super happy that um, the line did their job, gave gave Zach enough time, and and Zach just putting it on the money. Just it felt felt good to put, like you said, just put the nail in the coffin. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Welcome back to TDECU Stadium here in Houston, Texas, home of the Houston Cougars, where tonight the visiting BYU Cougars won a wild one. And uh, I, I guess the, the, these games between these teams in these series are just destined to be epic in one way or another. Now, the first game was truly that. This one was that. The middle one, 33-25, kind of a, a game that BYU led by two scores till Houston scored late. But either way, these two teams play entertaining games when they get together. And uh, BYU found a new way to win this one. In fact, to Riley, uh, 12 points. BYU would never come in the Sitake era. BYU would never come back from as many as 12 points down win a game before before tonight that's tremendous and uh, against a team with an offense that at the time i mean it was in the run game they were ripping off six yards a pop and they were completing easy passes in a ton of space against that zone defense where not only were they being able to complete them right we were sitting there looking like gosh it's just too easy for tune but the guys were catching and, and gaining six seven ten yards you know after a, after the catch so to be able to come back um, from 12 down against an offense that was doing that and a defense that was putting a ton of pressure and completely shutting down the run game, all the more impressive. A lot of things impressive about uh, tonight's game, and, and we should also mention how impressive the fans were, and maybe we'll talk about Kalani with that as he joins us on the headset, and I think he's on his way, if not already on the headset with us. Do we have Kalani yet? Not this second, but he'll be joining us very, very shortly from the Cougar locker room area. Oh, I think the headset's getting popped yeah, Greg, on right can you now. Can you hear me? Yep, we got yeah. you. Yeah, we got Coach on the headset. Fantastic. BYU head coach up, Kalani Sitake is with us. Hey, Coach, uh, Greg and Riley upstairs, and we were just chatting. I guess we could start here. Uh, the fact uh, that, that even though it wasn't a full house, the fans who were here and the BYU fans who were here made it feel as full as any venue we'd been in. It was an amazing vibe and a tremendous experience in a lot of ways tonight. Fans were amazing. They they were awesome. I mean that that that's uh, I'm so happy to see them. And you know, after uh, four games of no fans, um, we we were surprised at the number of BYU fans that were here. I don't know if you guys were surprised by it, but I was. I I thought that uh, they would be a hard ticket to get, but BYU fans just find a way. And I, I love I love being part of that. You know, and, and and being the head coach and seeing the, the fans love our boys so much and hope they know how much our boys appreciate them this game had a lot to it didn't it it did there's so many like i mean the vicissitudes of the game ups and downs and and peaks and valleys and but uh, you know what was steady was our players and our coaches i thought the mindset was was steady the entire time and we knew that we would have to do some things in in the the next 30 minutes you know obviously that that drive we gave up didn't make us happy but i, I love the way our our team just kept believing in each other and and we were able to turn, turn this thing around and get the win. Uh, I, just, I was really pleased with our team. I was impressed in the post-game interviews listening to the players, Zach, uh, Zach, Zach, Daw, and Dax, that, I mean, they were happy, don't get me wrong, and I don't think they're taking this for granted, but, like, these guys were not surprised at their performance tonight, and I almost got the sense, like, they can't wait to get the opportunity to get out on the field. These guys just love football, don't they? They do, and and, and you know what, it's, what a pleasure it is to coach guys that love the game and that, as I know, when I get on the bus, that they're going to be, they're already going to be on their iPads watching the game and making corrections. There's a lot of stuff that our guys uh, do intrinsically that it doesn't really need me to, to babysit them and so i love coaching them love that they came from great families and uh we're utilizing all their all their skills you know and, that, and even work ethic and character matters a lot in, the, in this game and and uh running a uh, uh, you know program like we have here at byu 
You were up 14-3, to and then you find yourself down 26-14 to as they score 23 points in a row. You answer by scoring 29 points in a row. That's quite the swing from one to the other. Yeah, and I, I wish we'd be more consistent. You know, that that'd be the key, but... I think you have to give them a lot of credit. I'm just, I'm just so sick of giving everybody credit for playing well. I like, I'd like to see our guys play at their best all the time and, and, and control the game. But um, that's the game of football. That's why you have to play 60 minutes. And we feel like we can do things. We've already shown that we can do things in a small uh, amount of time. And so if, if we can just uh, put it together and, and stay as positive as possible, keep building, I believe this, these guys will find ways to make to, to get us to win. I mean, that's... You know, if, if the game was in the first half, then we would have lost, obviously. But even in the first drive, you know, after that, so we we just know we got to keep counting on each other, and I got to keep believing in these boys, and and uh, they'll, they'll get us to victory. They eventually do. Coach, I'll preface this really quick. I'm not sure there's a question in here, but I'd like to hear your comments. In the post game interview, they talked about that onside kick. A couple of things that, uh, as I observed it, that it did. You talked about the mentality. To me, that was the biggest thing. It showed that. You were, while things hadn't gone your way for about a quarter and a half in that game, you were still going to attack because that's who you are as a foundation, as a team. And then secondly, I thought that it gave your defense much, even though that that drive did not result in points, it, at that time the time of possession was heavily on the side of, of UH, and it gave that defense a time to kind of regroup, re-strategize, and re-energize. Uh, credit to Coach Lamb, and then you always yeah, – I love it how you're trigger-happy, man. Take those risks because they pay off even if it doesn't end in points. Well, you know, it, it does bite you in the butt sometimes, but um, I think you just have to be be willing to live with it. You know, I, I can live with me having a, a – a uh, swing for the fences type of mindset. I, I think that f- fortune favors the bold, and I like being bold. And I think it's it's a contagious uh, feeling. You know what I mean? And some people don't like it, but I, you know, when you look at a game, when things are going a certain way, you've got to find a way to take back the reins, and you got to find a way to take control. And when things are, are falling apart, and and um, the only way to do that is to be bold yourself and figure out a way to to make it happen. So we challenged our players. We challenged our front to get to the quarterback. We challenged our, our DBs to play man coverage and lock them down and, um, and a dynamic, scary receiving core, and they did, you know, and then, uh, and, and then they started to build momentum and generate. I mean, they, these guys, everyone likes to be challenged. Like we all do. And so when you say, hey, we're going to challenge you, and um, if you do this, we'll win the game, you know. And, uh, uh, I think I just have a bunch of guys that love that, that uh, pressure, you know, so – um, and then, and then we back it up with the way that we call games, the way that we uh, call offense and defensive schemes, and the way that we call special teams, and, and not be afraid. I mean, we're supposed to kick the ball away from number from this kickoff return team, and there are times that we knew that we were going to have to cover them, and we did, and we did a good job. And um, I think people should be afraid when they see us play instead of us trying to, um, you know, be so conservative. I don't like that mindset. I like the, I like the get out there and, and make things happen type of mindset you made things happen on an onside kick you got within 26 21 and then a perfectly executed kick now you don't score on the ensuing possession but it was a field position shift after the onside kick and that ended up being as important as anything uh the way the next sequence of events went because uh, a shanked punt followed that next possession and, and you scored on the ensuing uh drive you got so it did have an impact yeah, that, so, so those decisions help. They they help uh, the players recognize that 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 um, you know coaches want the game and they want they when we were, pra- we're we're preaching being bold and being aggressive. That's a that's an aggressive move 
And even if it doesn't work out, our players respond well. You know, when we uh, take chances and make make take risks, uh, our defense usually usually comes through. Uh, um, I, I go back to 2016 when we went for that fake punt that didn't work out that Johnny Linehan likes to remember, remind everyone about. But, <laughs> about once um, a week. <laughs> but they didn't score on it, you know. And I can't say that, that it won't hurt you all the time, but, hey, I, I, I think that um, having an aggressive mindset has worked out so far. It's why I married the woman that I married because I took a chance. And so far, it works out for me. As long as I don't take dumb, dumb ones, then it should work out for the, for the most part. But everyone can appreciate when you're being aggressive. Everyone can appreciate when you're working hard and training, and then you have coaches that believe in you and that are saying, hey, we practice it. We might as well call it. Coach, real quick before we head into break, uh, Gunnar Romney couldn't finish the game. Uh, obviously, James Empey, I looked like he re-injured that ankle. Um, a couple other guys had to come off the – Zane was missing for a part of it. I, was Were these kind of nicks and, nicks and cuts and bruises, or, or is it stuff that might be a little bit more serious but needs to be evaluated further? No, nothing um, nothing yet that, that uh, alarms us. Everything it looks like they're, they're, it's going to take some time for them to heal. Uh, I can't predict whether they'll play next week or not, but uh, bodies heal differently, and we, we have a great training room that we'll just keep working with these guys, and uh, we might have to test our depth, you know, but we feel like we're getting other guys back and uh, looking forward to get Kyrus back, and, and um, you know, and I think that, you know, I talked to Greg earlier, Bracken wasn't feeling the best, and, and uh, he decided to just gut it out and play, and, and um, he's still a little bit not feeling great, but I'm, I appreciate him trying to, to get out there and make plays for our team. So we have a bunch of guys that are banged up, but I feel like we have a good a group of guys that can get, get their backs that they, they're called. We'll take a break. We'll continue and conclude our conversation with Kalani Sitake. His Cougars defeat Houston tonight by a score of 43-26. Uh, just a, a really uh, an amazing night in, in a very unusual season. Uh, this was one to remember, and we'll remember some more things about it with Kalani next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Biggest comeback of the Kalani Sitake era from down 12 to a win tonight here in Houston. 46 or 43-26 is your final score. BYU goes to 5-0. Cougars 5-0 for the first time in uh, 12 years. It was 2008 when BYU opened up 6-0 that year before suffering their first loss and uh, BYU goes now into uh, game six without a setback and that'll be the next thing on the agenda. Texas State next weekend. But as for tonight, Kalani Sitake, uh, Zach Wilson throws for 400 yards for the first time in his BYU career. So he keeps uh, hitting these little milestones. What was it uh, officially? Was it 400 on the dot. Oh, really? Okay. And well. four, four <laughs> touchdowns with no picks. He hasn't thrown a pick since the Navy game when uh, Pau got bumped off his cut. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just really, really impressed with the way he's throwing the ball. And you should see some of the stuff he does in practice. And, I mean, I, I'm just glad that our coaches are utilizing all his stuff, all his talent. I mean, the, I, I can't remember what he did to the to the fullback, uh, to, to Mason Wake on it, on that screen. He kind of, like, flicked it underneath. Underhand, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, he's just got he's got a really good demand in the game right now, and he's understanding it. He's just it's the way he commands everything up uh, on the field has been really impressive, and it's, it's good to have a, a veteran, experienced guy there and making great decisions. Uh, you had the longest pass play 
of the Shiitake era tonight as well. 78 yards to Dax to open the scoring and get your offense off on the right foot. Dax ends up Kalani with career highs tonight in catches with nine. Yards with a buck 84 and touchdowns with three. Yeah, he's got a long way. I mean, he's got a lot of football ahead of him too. So I'm looking forward to seeing Dax make a lot of plays. And unfortunately, Gunner got banged up, but I, I, I thought it was nice to see some of the other guys get in the game and having an impact in it. So just really really pleased with the overall effort from our team. Coach, I was really impressed with the way the guys finished with Tyler finishing uh, on that last drive, not content. And, and, by the way, it wasn't just him. It was the guys up front doing the work to provide a crease. All he did was kind of run straight for about 14 yards. But uh, I thought that was great to send a message that you play all the way to the final whistle. And then when they get the ball back with like a little over a minute left, the defense basically stifles them. That, to me, again, speaks to the the maturity and then also the fact that uh, these guys are, are, are out here to make a statement not with with each game and with this season as it continues to accumulate. Yeah, just it, it, overall, I mean, I, I'm so happy for our players and really happy for our coaches. Um, I, I just I just like the way our players are, are connecting with each other and in, in, in so many different ways. You know what I mean? You can tell they love each other, they believe in each other, and um, just an honor for me to, to see them and coach them. It's been been really fun. Kalani, I know it's all just about you know getting better week to week and, and not paying attention to the outside stuff like rankings and stats, et cetera, but there has to be a component, too, where these guys know that the eyes were on them tonight, that the ranking mattered, that the, that, that the Friday night you know platform mattered, that Houston was a good team that mattered. I'm sure those guys all felt that we get a chance to go out and actually prove how good we are, and that got done tonight. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, and, you know, we – not a lot of opportunities where you have to play the whole game. And so last week we did, and this week we did. And so, um, you know, in the first three, the game was over, you know, um, uh, pretty pretty early. And so it's just good to see our guys fight through. And, um, and it just shows that we can do so many things in, 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 in just a small amount of time. I'd just like to see what we can do when we're on point for 60 minutes. Um, it could be a scary moment, so I'm hoping that's that's the goal for the next week. And when we take the field against Texas State, we can show that we're clicking on all on 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 all phases. So, how good is this team in your eyes right now? Uh, we'll, we'll get on the film. Uh, I don't want to believe any any of the hype right now because I, these guys need know that they still haven't played their best. So, uh, like to like to see 60 minutes of playing our best. That's what that's what the goal is. And, Hopefully we get it done next week and we can sustain it and make sure that we show every week. You bought yourself an extra day of rest? By playing a little early, you get a longer week now. Hey, I love, love these games. Love, love having an opportunity to be out here in front of fans. That was really cool. And, uh, you know, can't believe we had to wait till our fifth game to get to fans. So hopefully we can see some fans back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, if not, we're going to do our best to make sure that we get the energy and the, and the passion going on the sidelines. And one last thing, uh, Kalani, before we let you go. Um, you know, the schedule having to get redrawn meant that, that you know, the, the P5s went away and they didn't come back to the regular season schedule. But Houston's a really good G5 team. I think they'll win a lot of games. And, and, and you showed tonight uh, that you're an equally good team and, and better on this night than Houston. And I, I hope that people don't focus too much on, on what didn't happen to BYU's schedule and the fact that BYU still put together a pretty dang good schedule and, and is playing and beating good teams right now. Yeah, we scored scored a lot of points, and that's even that's that's even with us not being consistent enough. But uh, we were able to put a lot of points on the board and and cause some disruption, you know. And 
Uh, Houston's a, a really good team. They they are committed to to playing great football. It's why they went and got Coach Holgerson from West Virginia. They they took him from a P5 school. So uh, that's what they they they're set on doing. They have great talent on their team. Tons of speed and athleticism. Um, you know we love the matchup and we felt really good. We should feel proud of some of the things that we did on the field against a very athletic and, and fast team. Uh, we're looking forward to doing better next week, though. That's that's the one thing we we know we can get we can play better, even though we got this win. What was the best moment of the night for you, and the thing you'll take with you back home out of this one? I just love the fact that we were playing some man defense. I, I like that. I like uh, locking up some of the speedsters that we've seen. This is not when you'd like to introduce it, but we were able to do it and trust our players and our corners came through, and our DBs did with our pass rush. So it ended up working in the second half. Kalani, congratulations to you and the boys on a big, big win. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. All right, safe travels to Kalani and the team. We will come back with Cougar Nation now, including some comments from Dana Holgerson, head coach of the Houston Cougars. This is BYU football. BYU 43, Houston 26, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, a stirring comeback for BYU from down 12 to winning by a bunch, 17 points, winning going away, 43-26. Cougars over Cougars in this clash of the Cougs here at TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with engineer Michael Wimmer upstairs. Mitchell Jurgens has just joined us. Our spotter here is uh, Jared Ivins, and Jared did a tremendous job spotting for us tonight. And by the way, kudos and a shout-out to Jared's girlfriend for cutting him loose to come on this uh, road trip. She, she is such a sweetie for doing that. And, and so we really do appreciate that. Uh, Jared did a fantastic job. So uh, thanks to Jared Ivins, our spotter tonight. And uh, Mitchell having a seat, and we'll bring Mitchell into the conversation after we tell you that this is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on the Twitter, or just tweet me at Greg Grubel, and you can also email us. And that email address again, like the man said, is Cougar Nation Now. That's two ends at the end, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. We'll begin Cougar Nation now by hearing from the other locker room. Dana Holgerson, head coach of the Houston Cougars, on his team's loss to BYU tonight. When the game gets tight, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, good teams step up and make things happen. And, you know, we're still, we're still trying to figure some of that stuff out. Uh, we're going we're gonna to keep getting better. Um, you know, we did a lot of good things. It's just when the game got tight in the fourth quarter, I mean, that they, they whipped us. You know, they're, they're, they, they, they elevated their game, and we didn't. We had a hard time blocking them. We had a hard time tackling them. And, you know, they made plays, and we had guys that didn't. So, you know, I, I give BYU a lot of credit. I'm not down on our football team right now. This, is, this, was, a, this was a bonus game. I mean, our goal is to, is to win the conference and, and focus on the conference. This is not a conference opponent. We – ironically had to deal with big 12 refs which is irritating as we just didn't have what it took to be able to get things done down the stretch they they, they did you know they're five and oh they're 13th in the country you know like i said they're a good football team 
uh, Coach Satake is a good dude and a good football coach, and those guys are a good football team. And we got a lot of work to do to be able to get to the point where we can say that about our team. Next up, um, James Mueller, Daily Cooper. James. Um, yes, Dana, um, despite offensive struggles in the fourth quarter, your team had a few 90-plus um, yard drives um, earlier in the game. Can you talk about just how um, – what you saw from your offense tonight like, and how you can build on some of those positives um, for the remainder of this season? Our bad wasn't bad. That was a, that was a focus. You know, we, 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 we protected the football. I mean, that's eight straight quarters where we haven't got a turnover. Uh, kind of getting irritated with that. But, um, you know, we did a better job of, 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 of protecting the ball and making sure the bad wasn't that bad. Through three quarters, I believe, we're at about 400 yards, and I doubt we got hardly any in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, we did do a good job of moving the ball. thought Clayton played really well, made some really good throws. Protection just was atrocious in the, in the fourth quarter, so he really didn't have a chance to do anything. That's 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 your opponent elevating your game when the game's on the line, and that's us that we just didn't, you know. So, got to give BYU credit for being able to do that. I just think they played harder than us in the fourth quarter. I thought we protected really well in the first half. We had 350 yards at halftime. That's a pretty good offensive performance for two quarters. Um, you know, we're still – and then you, you get into the third quarter, we had a 99-yard touchdown drive. You know, you don't do that without your O-line – pass protecting and coming off the ball and sustaining blocks in the run game. Uh, I just think, I just think their game elevated in the fourth quarter and they wanted to win more than us. You know, I'm not down on, I'm not down on our football team. We played good for three. They, they played good, really good for one. All right. That is Dana Holgerson, head coach of the Houston Cougars and, and BYU played really well. He said for one quarter, uh, BYU did lead 14-3, played a really good first quarter. BYU dipped offensively in the second and third quarters, uh, started strong, finished strong. Uh, ultimately, he gives BYU and Kalani a lot of credit, but uh, it, it was more than a one-quarter game for BYU, but the finish was pretty impressive. <laughs> well, the quarters go like this. First quarter, 14-3. Second quarter, 17-0 in favor of Houston. But then third quarter, 7-6, BYU won it. Fourth quarter, 22 to nothing, BYU won it. But, hey, he's got to send out messages of positivity. His team really, uh, like, you know, he was trying to be positive and upbeat there. The reality is they were in control. It was looking bleak for BYU. We're sitting here at 1140 left in the fourth quarter being like, man, the, the game hinges on this drive, and BYU not only... Uh, was able to turn the momentum on that drive, but then uh, just turn it into a tidal wave to finish it out. We'll take a break and we'll uh, introduce Mitchell Jurgens back into our postgame coverage as we tell you BYU's a winner going to 5-0 and with a 43-26 decision over Houston tonight. You heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, to BYU 43 and Houston 26 is our final score. Mitchell Jurgens joining me, Greg Rubel, and Riley Nelson up here in our broadcast booth at TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, where it's almost 2 a.m. in the morning. But uh, we just go and go, and, and thanks to Cougar Nation, we're able to do it. And uh, Riley's got the shortest night tonight. He's got an early flight. Uh, Mitchell and I a little later in the day. We'll get a little more sleep, but uh, Riley's not going to sleep a lot. But 
We're going to rob Riley of his sleep to entertain the good people in Cougar Nation tonight. Mitchell, uh, your thoughts having been down on the field and amidst the BYU fans here in your hometown on a, on a wild night that ends up with BYU winning a game. We said they kind of had to win to show a lot of people a little more about this team that will hopefully hold up into November. Yeah, this was a fun one. I mean, being down on that field, first off, this is the first game with fans. And, you know, I, I, I knew coming into this game that there would be well, you know, BYU would well represent um, here at this game. I mean, I, I grew up in the area. There's there's a ton of ton of BYU fans, and, and I even knew people coming, coming in from all over. Um, and so had an expectation, but honestly was still surprised at the turnout and, and the dedication and how loud they got. I mean, I, I said this a couple times on the broadcast, but I was blown away at how loud it was down on that field. And maybe having those first four games without fans kind of made it just seem like it exploded. But the energy that they brought, um, but but so much of it was produced by the way BYU played. Uh, I mean, so many positive things to take from this game. First off, how fast they started. They got in a rut later in the second quarter and just see them fight back with in every aspect of the game the coaches the play calling i thought was incredible to set them up and put them in positions to have um, you know to to turn the those tables um and then so many key players that came up and just outperformed almost set a new standard you know i look at dax and the, the guy's not going to drop a ball if he drops a ball it's like what in the world's going on i mean he he is just so locked in he was focused it, it just looked easy out there for those guys and um, I mean, so proud of the way that they played. Um, this was one that's, I mean, people are going to be talking about for a long time, you know, BYU fans. And I know, uh, I mean, everyone that was here in the stadium felt something special with this team, the way that they fought back. The 22-point fourth quarter is just, uh, I mean, just a testament to how dedicated these guys are. They didn't want to, um, I mean, there was a time when uh, the sideline was a little bit down and, and they completely flipped the script um, and just just so proud of how they played and, and, and so excited to see what's more to come. I mean, just with how awesome that feeling was. So um, great game, loved it. So many different things I could touch on, but that's the start. And the fact that, you know, Riley made the comment during the game that maybe some people watching, you know, went to bed with BYU down 12. And it's, it's almost better that BYU wins it the way they do because people will say, whoa, whoa, what? They won that game? They won, they won by 17? So the explosiveness that BYU is able to, you know, uh, present and, and the way that BYU came back to win it, again, says something a little extra special about this team, that they were down, that they were struggling, but they were still good enough to do this to Houston in the fourth quarter on the road. And so, uh, I, yeah, hopefully it'll be an eye. Again, the people who did check out, the fact they're checking in to see a 17-point win will really open some eyes if they weren't already opened. Let's head to the email before we go to Twitter. Uh, this is... Cougar Nation now at byu.edu on the email. We'll begin with Val from Mililani, Hawaii, our good friend Val, who says, Aloha, Greg, Mitch, and Riley. He always includes all of us now, always. He said, this was one of the best BYU victories I've ever watched, mainly because of the grit they showed when all the momentum was going against them. I thought our first loss was coming, he says. With so many key players out of the game, I was amazed at how Zach and Dax and the other players did not fold and flip the momentum with their dynamic offense. Kudos to all those who played in the place of injured players. And do you think, he says, they'll hold out Gunner, Kyrus, and Empey for the next week to ensure that they're not re-injured and ready for the Boise State game? Now, that's still a few weeks away, and hopefully um, they will have healed by then and then some before then. But uh, thanks to Val for the email. And uh, maybe your thoughts on what uh, Val brought up in terms of 
momentum going away, players being hurt and leaving the game. A lot was going against BYU tonight, Riley, uh, for a long stretch of the game. To still win it the way they did uh, says a lot about this team. Yeah, I mean, this has been the story of the last few years. Is like, oh man, we got to develop our depth. We got to get our depth, and, and I, I think they're proving through these five games that, and, and it started. And again, we wish him the best, and we miss him. But it started with Matt Bushman getting hurt like a week before the first game, right? Popping his Achilles, and that was the the first of many. Now, not all of them have been season-ending. But uh, that we have missed key players in key spots, and other guys have stepped up. I look, it's cliche, and you're coached from a young age to it's it's team first, and it's all those. But you can tell when it's genuine, and you can tell when it's not authentic. To hear Zach Daw, Dax Milne, Zach Wilson, and I, I'm even in all of these post games, these guys always talk about team. Park Zach Daw talked about how when it's a sack, it goes on a sack for the whole defense because that means the guys had them covered up on the back end. It means the other guys did their job by maintaining their rush lanes, which didn't allow the quarterback to escape, and the guy who got home just happened to be the one to bring him down, right? That credits, and then Kalani talks about it all the time, just doing your 111th. I think they have truly internalized that principle, and when teams do that, that's when you have a chance to do something special, and BYU cleared the first real hurdle of, uh, of, the, of making this season special with a couple more to come. Before the break, a tweeted comment using hashtag BYUCNN. That's BYUCNN. The CNN stands for Cougar Nation now. And this is from Brent Fredrickson, who says the unsung hero is George Udo. He says George misses a sack, which allows Houston to score a touchdown, puts him up 26-14. But he then intercepted the two-point conversion attempt. He said that was a momentum shift in BYU's favor that he felt never returned to Houston after that. So a little a little hidden note there and, and a good point about uh, George making that pickoff to allow, I mean, granted, when you win by 17, there's more involved than just that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it, it's a nice point he brings up that uh, George rebounded the way he did to make a big play. And, again, he was really close to ending a play earlier, and so it was nice to see him come back that way. We'll take a break. More of Cougar Nation on BYU Dining and BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, or you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. More of your comments next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Only the fourth time in the Kalani era that uh, BYU came back to win a game when trailing heading into the fourth quarter. But uh, BYU now 4-19 and when that happens. They get the win tonight, only their second win in an away game when trailing after three quarters. BYU was down 26-21, came back to win this thing 43-26. BYU does score the final 29 points of the game, which followed Houston scoring 27 consecutive points in the game. It was that kind of game. All right, uh, let's get back to uh, the Twitter on this one. Uh, uh, Cougar Chaps, our man, at Chaplin Schumann, says BYU's defense had 10 tackles for loss. Wow. He says considering the speed and athleticism on the Houston offense and the injuries BYU had to deal with, that revealed the depth and the talent and the heart of the BYU defense. Thank you, Cougars, he says. And, yeah, 10 TFLs tonight. Zach Daw, three of them. Yee. Zach Daw tonight, eight tackles, three solo stops, sack, one TFL, and a pass breakup for Zach Daw. Keenan Peely was involved in a lot of stuff tonight. We called his name on eight tackles. Five of them were solo. By the way, the TFLs were distributed this way. Uh, three for Zach Daw, 
one and a half for Tyler Batty, uh, one for Keenan Peely, one for Isaiah Kafusi, one for Max Tooley, one for George Udo, one for Gabe Summers, and a half to Alden Tofa. Get you to 10 TFLs and three sacks. And BYU actually led uh, the sack tally tonight. Houston got to Zach Wilson twice, but BYU got to uh, to tune three times. But no sacks in the first half, and it really wasn't until late when BYU began to really, uh, you know, get finally some pressure on, on, on Clayton Toon at really key stretches of the game. And as Dana Holgerson echoed, fourth quarter, uh, BYU got, you know, seemingly stronger and, and, and tougher, and Houston seemed to fade to the finish. Yeah, w- one thing I was impressed with was, I mean, the really the evolution of the cl- the play calling, the defensive strategy. Um, this wasn't a, a a game where we came in with a game. You know, coaches might have come in with a game plan and thought this was going to work, uh, but they showed their flexibility and said, "Hey, I mean, things aren't working. Let's make some adjustments." And and the second half adjustments were just incredible. Um, and, and the players executed it right. It shows their preparation to, to adapt to certain situations that maybe wasn't the most comfortable or wasn't what was their primary, you know, speaking of the defense specifically and, and the way that not only they really um, kind of changed uh, the, their, the way that they went about the defense, um, but then multiple guys coming in and stepping up. And, and I mean, there were uh, the amount of people that made impact plays or tackles on the defense is probably more than we've ever seen uh, because there were so many different people involved. And so, so cool to see uh, just the um, the resiliency that they all showed throughout the night. Our friend Chappie on Twitter, at It's Chappie. Uh, the onside kick, he says, was the turning point, despite ending without points. He says it gave the D time to rest and adjust scheme. The D had been reeling before that, and the offense held the ball through the quarter break, and when Houston got the ball back, the defense stopped them. And uh, and there, were, there so there was a, uh, a time factor or a rest factor that, I think, Riley, you brought up as well, but the fact that they were able to make it a field position shift and then a shanked punt, um, that and then BYU scores on the ensuing touchdown, it, it still had an impact. It wasn't an immediate impact, but it was a subsequent impact. And without that, and, they, and more than that, what it did for the fans and the team area and the bench and everybody was, was as important as the actual, the actual tactical benefit they got from it. Yeah, and I think uh, we talk about the resurgence of the pass rush and the energy on defense. Kalani mentioned in, his, in the post game the switch to man coverage and going with a four man rush. But here's it, it's a game of momentum and it's a game of rhythm and uh, it's all very real. So the the onside kick, don't get me wrong, that that was one and it allowed BYU an opportunity to do that. But prior to that, um, the seemingly endless it was a 15 minute review of the targeting penalty the harper deal yeah the harper deal and then right after that there was the catch on the sideline there was three reviews i mean the referee was over here in the corner for 30 of 40 minutes and it's just interesting how things can you know i think back to the Super Bowl, I, I can't remember, I think it was 2011, but anyway, 49ers and Ravens, right? And the 49ers are rolling and they're doing, and then the lights go out, right? And and then they just lose all momentum. The Ravens come back and win the football game. It's very, momentum is very real, and uh, BYU obviously did things to make the momentum shift back in their favor, um, but uh, there was a weird stretch of that game that uh, kind of allowed both sides to hit reset, and BYU came out of that reset way better than Houston did. Houston's coach Dana Holgerson uh, had a few unkind words about the Big 12 officiating crew, but let's also note that crew did let their coaching staff change a decision on the sideline. They chose 
to decline a penalty that BYU then turned into a field goal attempt, and then they said, no, no, we, we accept the penalty, and it took BYU out of field goal range. So the officials did allow Houston that leeway tonight, so they shouldn't be too hard on them. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, it's, it's like I said during the broadcast, these Big 12 officials love to deliberate, so uh, we got to be careful whenever we get one of those crews. I, I thought, honestly... Um, there was some pretty physical play. Uh, Houston made a decision from the outset to play BYU in man coverage, and they played a physical, grabby man coverage. And uh, and, and then BYU made the switch to man coverage in the second half, played equally as physical and grabby. And I thought that the flag call. I thought they had just the right a- amount. They weren't ticky tack. They came out when it was egregious, but they let the DBs and wide receivers battle it out. And uh, I, I like the way that that was officiated, at least on the receiving end. Okay, a couple of email notes. A quick question or two questions from George Richard or George Richard, who says, uh, great game. Why didn't Kyrus Tonga play? And I haven't heard much about Jaron Hall. Is he still with the team? Uh, Jaron Hall is still with the team but hurt and, uh, and neither practicing nor playing. And Kyrus Tonga, um, not injured but uh, not able to play health-related reason, but uh, um, nothing too long-term. And so we hope to get Kyrus back uh, sooner than later on that. Uh, back-to-back Chris's on the email, BYU. Uh, rather, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Chris Hunsaker says, uh, what changed in the second half defensively? We were bringing pressure, running line stunts, man coverage. What changed, and why don't we see more of it? Houston was athletic across the board, and we held our own. BYU held its own with this approach, says Chris Hunsaker. Uh, Mitch or Riley on that one. We kind of talked about how proud uh, Kalani was of playing man. You thought that was a big part of what happened tonight. Yeah, I'll take my first stab. Then, yeah. Mitch, I want to hear with you. Like, Look, drop eight works sometimes. Drop eight won the USC game last year, so uh, you kind of got to give it a chance. Uh, Houston was exploiting it far better than USC did last year. I, if you notice, they went back to the same two plays and just kept running. They ran that little that that little uh, weak side zone sit where they brought the backside slot and sat him right in front of the will backer. They ran that flag route when they got the they put the linebacker who had the hook to curl uh, zone. It really puts him in a bind. And then the other thing that that they were exploiting was uh, the seams. And so it didn't work, and so you had to make an adjustment. But sometimes, like like last year, you play it, and, and they can't figure it out, and it works because it is a puzzle that you got to solve. Um, but they did a good job solving it here tonight. BYU made the adjustment. Again, it's not so much about how great your game plan, getting the perfect game plan going into a game as much as it is, you know, leading with putting your best foot forward and then being able to adjust. That's really what produces the best wins. Yeah, and, and to the man coverage, though, uh, I'm I'm pretty convinced as well. I mean, with Kalani recognizing how fi- – I mean, Riley, you've talked about how physical these, um, you know, the, the U of H DBs were. Um, I, I'm sure Kalani saw that as well and say, "Hey, this is an opportunity for us. Let's let's go man coverage, but it's going to be aggressive. You're going to be able to, um, you know, hold and and scrap and play a, a little bit more aggressively as well. Um, yes, there were calls made, but that's just how the layout of the game was going. And I mean, you saw that there were a lot of calls, uh, a couple balls down the field, and Chris Wilhock. Wilcox had that one where it was questionable who was going to be. I mean, but the fact that they were just together the whole time, uh, I mean, that's how Kalani wanted them to play man coverage, and, and they did a great job of stepping up to the plate. I mean, these Houston receivers, they're fast, they're athletic, they're explosive, and I, I was very impressed with the lack of separation that, um, I mean, these BYU corners and, and safeties allowed the University of Houston receivers, um, you know, to get to. And so it was, um, I mean, they, they – 
accepted the challenge, and when you can do that, it opens up so much with with the stunts and the blitzes and the um, different things you can do because, uh, I mean, it's just one-on-one, and and when you can trust those guys, there's a lot that you can do. Another Chris on the email, Chris Butters, says, while the maturity that comes with older players doesn't replace ability, it can enhance it. It sure seemed that tonight BYU's maturity and experience helped them outlast Houston after a long stretch of some rough play that would get a lot of less experienced teams down. The guys stayed on track and were able to take advantage when Houston started losing focus over time. Indeed, BYU hung in there tonight. Well, and to that point, too, there were, I want to say there were three uh, personal fouls from Houston. Is that right? There was ten, ten, two unsportsmanlike conducts and, and three personal fouls. Right. Yeah, and out of ten penalties total. Right. And and even to, I mean, you see, you saw BYU get down and the maturity to, you know, bounce back and stay composed. But from that perspective, I mean, there were a number of times I was down there on the field and and the game got really chippy. I mean, every single time, um, BYU was tackled or there was a, I mean, whoever was getting tackled. Players came up and and uh, I mean there was there was chatter there was talk there was I mean it was it was a very chippy game it, it appeared to be these guys wanted it bad and I was just very impressed with the composure that uh, even these young BYU players displayed to not react to not do something that later they you know go back and watch and think oh, why did I do that you know I wasn't thinking uh, but the composure to um, just uh, you know take every situation and and um, really have that team first mentality knowing if I'm going to react. It's going to affect the team, and, and they all displayed you know, it perfectly there. Quickly, um, he mentions that it's it's not the sole determining factor, but uh, I just do want to point out this Houston team returned 15 starters from a, a good team last year, so it's not like they were a bunch of under, inexperienced underclassmen. They had a bunch of dudes too. I just point that out because uh, you know the, the experience maybe was a level set, but BYU's um, both maturity but really talent is what won the game for them, I think. Trevor Perkins, using hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, says it's a moot point now, but I think most would agree that Neil Pau caught that touchdown in the end zone. And we had to go to the rule book on that. And after you heard me read the definition, and based on what you saw and, and how the play progressed, do you think they were fair in making the call they made on review? I personally do. Just So he catches it, and as he, as he hits the ground, the ball's kind of up under his chin. And then he he moves the ball. It never touches the ground, but then he like moves the ball trying to corral it into his stomach. As he's moving the ball to corral it in his stomach is when the DB was able to get his arm between his hands and rip it out. So he never had it fully secured, in my opinion. Uh, but it was a great effort nonetheless. I loved the throw by Zach. It was an absolute laser. He put it low so that Neil could use his body to shield from the defender. But the defender who was beat on the post route stayed with the play and was able to create an enough doubt that it was called incomplete yeah yeah and and that one might have been different too if it was called a touchdown to start it's one of those where whatever the call in the field is it's it's unfortunate that um you know that's the call that was made who knows if if it was called a touchdown first how much you know how much would it take to overturn that just like it was you know on the flip side and so um you know tough call there it could go either way but um tough one for neil uh, but cool to see him get so excited for Dax. I mean, that's one of those situations too where we talk about the team first mentality. Um, I, I was kind of I, I was watching Neil as I was down in this end zone and um, kind of be discouraged for not catching that touchdown. But Dax scores and he is you know the number one person that is just running corralling Zach and, and so happy for him and and that just goes to show you that you know he rubbed it off um, the the you know that he wasn't able to score the touchdown but super happy for for his teammate Dax to get it done and. 
uh, which was cool to see. And there was some sauce on that ball to yep. Neil. That was that was fired in there. I'm not sure that we saw Zach throw that ball last year uh, with his shoulder the way it was. That was uh, was gunned in there. Uh, at Brian Blanche on the Twitter before the break says, this is two games in a row now that the team has seen and battled through adversity the past few years. Seems like they've lost these type of games. I feel the, I feel like the team has matured, and Kalani and company are building the team to know they can win. The confidence this team has is exciting. And uh, Devin Crossley with a nice note saying he loves listening when I'm at work. He says, and he can't watch the game, so he's uh, he he likes to to follow the game on the radio. And said it was a great game tonight, and it really was. And we're glad you enjoyed it with us. We appreciate that. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll give you a trivia question. The correct answer to which will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by the way, uh, BYU hasn't tried a field goal in the last couple of weeks, which mean that we, means we haven't been able to uh, uh, have Mountain America uh, donate any more money on field goal makes. But we have to tell you that uh, for each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America does donate $250 to the American Red Cross. And so far this season, Mountain America has donated $1,500. Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward and our thanks to them throughout this entire season. And we'll get some more field goals up at some point. They just haven't happened in the last two weeks. All right, trivia next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to TDECU Stadium here in Houston, Texas. BYU's a winner, 43-26 over Houston. Cougars go to 5-0. We'll see what that happens, to, uh, what that means to the Cougars in the polls on the weekend. Certainly impressive to come back the way the Cougars did, being down 12 to winning by 17 going away tonight. Uh, we had an email coming in from uh, David who wondered about uh, who Zach Wilson converses with on the field. He mentioned he sees him talking with Fessy Sataki frequently, and it got us thinking about those he could talk with and those he can't talk with in person. So the uh, the booth coaches for this year on defense are, are Preston Hadley and Elisa Tuiaki, and the booth coaches on offense are Aaron Roderick and Steve Clark and Eric Mateos. Okay, those are your booth coaches on offense this year. So those are the guys and how he would – and Jeff Grimes, of course, is a field coach. Uh, Harvey Unga, running backs coach, is a field coach. And so among the offensive coaches, uh, those are the guys handling things at either level, booth, or field. Okay. Uh, hey, trivia question time. Let's do this. We have two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream for the correct answer to this skill testing trivia question coming your way now. And the question can be answered either on the email or on the Twitter, and that could be with the hashtag BYUCNN or directly to me at Greg Rubel or on the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. And here's the question. Before tonight, Dax Wills, uh, before Dax Milne's three touchdowns tonight, three touchdown receptions, who was the last BYU player with a three-receiving touchdown game? Last BYU player with a three-touchdown reception game. That's our question. Mitch, did you have one? Should I give it away? No. Did uh, did you have did you did you, you have ever, one ever, personally? Ever, 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 ever have a three-touchdown no, game? I did not. Two touchdowns. So it's game, not yes. you. We eliminated it's not you. Me. No. All had, right. How many two touchdowns? Yeah. How many touchdowns? Uh, we I, talked I, about Boise I earlier. I think just two. I had uh, Cal. Boise and Cal in 2014. 
Yep. Uh, uh, at Chaplain Schumann is reweighed in with a question just for Riley. Riley, talk to us about your emotions watching this BYU football team come from behind to win tonight. Yeah, um, that was something that, um, and we didn't win every game. Uh, for me personally, uh, that, and obviously most BYU fans remember me f- for a come from behind win, right? Getting thrown in my junior year against Utah State and uh, coming back at that point, I think we were down 13 or so. Anyway, um, but uh, and then later later in that bowl game, and then even my senior year, where uh, you know we we didn't ever we didn't quite complete the comebacks that I hope we did in 2012. But to me, that's the essence of of football: is you play all the opportunities are so few that you got to play all 60 minutes. Like I even in a blowout win or a blowout loss to come off the field and often it's taken out of your hands because because it's a coach's decision but the the chances to play at, at this level in this environment with your teammates are so few and far between that you owe it to yourself well to your teammates first and then to yourself secondly to give it all you got for 60 minutes and so to see a comeback like that when a lot of other teams with less metal would have folded uh, to see them come back the way they did and with such vengeance and with such fury, uh, as far as emotions, just excitement, pride in, in these players and to have played, you know, and to have represented the same why that they were representing tonight. Okay, to the uh, to the Twitter, and I'm going to make an executive decision tonight. And even though I think Ryan Lundgren beat Cody the Mac by like three seconds, because Ryan won two weeks ago, I'm going to say, Ryan, you're awesome. We love you, and we'll let you win again. But we're going to, on this night, choose the guy that came in like three seconds after you uh, to win the ice cream, if that's all right with you. Don't hold it against me, Ryan. We'll make, we'll, make, uh, we'll make you a winner again in the future. But he's so good at this, that he, and he's so quick at this, that he, he wins ice cream. Uh, but Cody the Mac, we're going to call our winner tonight. So let's do that. Uh, Cody the Mac says, Mitch Matthews is the answer. That's correct, isn't it, Riley? It is 2013 Utah State. That was up there in Logan. It was a late game or, or a late late in the season. I remember it being very cold, but uh, he was unstoppable that day. Okay, so uh, Ryan, we love you, and you were like maybe three seconds ahead of Cody, but Cody's going to win because you just run to one two weeks ago. And if that's all right with you, um, we'll get the ice cream out to Cody, and we'll get you more ice cream in the future, Ryan. I promise you. Okay, Mitch Matthews, 2013, three touchdowns. That is correct. All right, uh, this is an email coming in for, I think it's for you boys, um, from Stephen Vincent. He said, the question is, for the former players, that's you two, in a situation where momentum is turned against you, particularly when you're on the road, what do you do to turn things around? What tools, traits, and habits did you develop or do mentally to turn things around and make sure things don't snowball? Is it something players work on and develop as part of their training? Very involved question. Thoughts on that, Mitch? Yeah, so for me, um, you turn to the leaders, right? And this is where your team, uh, I mean, you have obviously a collective group, but you have your natural leaders on the team who in these situations, they're the ones that, especially these young players who are are talented but really haven't been in this situation before, um, it's it's the responsibility of these leaders to really rally the group and and be that force to say hey we're down we're we're getting you know punched in the mouth but this game isn't over keep doing your job and we're gonna bounce back trust me I've done this we've been there and I, I mean for me when I look back in uh, on my career we had we had guys like Jamal and Harvey Longy um, Kainakua 
um, on uh, on defense. And those guys, I mean, were just incredible. The the support, and when you look at those guys and as confident as they are, um, that's what gets, I mean, every single person on that team to rally around. And so you've got to have those key leaders. Um, as I was watching this team today, you saw some of those step up. Isaiah Kafusi, the amount of times that he even came back to the fans and got the fans involved when when things were down. Um, I mean, just an incredible leader on and off the field. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of guys that, that are able to fill that role, but the more leaders, the more people that you have that can um, influence that confidence um, across the entire team, that's kind of how, when I look at my career and, and playing days, that's really what got me out of it was to see these guys do it, to see their confidence, and then in turn that was related to me. So big big thing. Yeah, you train for it, but some guys are have a more innate ability than others, and some guys are born with it and others, and that's what you talk about, uh, leaders and not. But I'll just say this, in times uh, when I got in trouble was when I would try and get it all back in a play, right? So when BYU found themselves down 10 with a, with 11.40, there is no way to score 13 points in one gulp and take the lead, right? So um, times when I got in trouble were when I was trying to do that, go out and win it all on one single play, which is an impossibility, and the times that it was most successful and really flipping momentum it was rallying around the guys, getting everybody to do their 111th, getting them to understand that nobody's going to do it for you. It's going to take you going out and executing your assignment and us going out and collectively uh, executing as a team and then building one play, turning one play into two plays into three plays. That's how you build true momentum, sitting there wait, waiting on a hope and a prayer, someone to, you know, one single person to you know, take it and and go 85 yards. It happens from time to time, but it's rare, and that's not really how you build true momentum back. It's built play upon play, and and all 11 guys working collectively to execute the game plan. Email Now at byu.edu from Brad Garner, who says it's interesting to me that Zach Wilson trained with John Beck because his style and poise on the field remind me, he says, of how Beck played. Command of the field, vision, arm strength, etc. Valid? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with John, and um, John would say he was that way in 2006 and the John Beck that we all remember, but the John Beck of 2003, 2004, and in five he was a very good player, uh, don't get me wrong, but um, he, he took his lumps and he learned a lot of lessons and he's had some really down and embarrassing moments. I think he, I think Zach's been able to avoid those, you know, kind of the 10,000 hours rule that you can learn from experts and avoid some of the same mistakes uh, that they did. But Zach's his own player. Zach has been, well, John will say that he was, you know, had one of the fastest 40 times outside of Taysom Hill of any quarterback this century. Um, he was not as much of a weapon as Zach has been with his feet. Uh, John Beck was a lot better in the short to intermediate game. Granted, the offense that he was asked to run was different. So I see, I see some similarities, but, uh, they are definitely their own individual players, uh, in my estimation. Mitch, any thoughts on that? Um, to be honest, I, I mean, growing up, I, uh, I was a little bit younger. And so watching John Beck, I, um, I, I didn't have the luxury to kind of identify and, um, recognize true quarterback play from from that young of a 
and I'm, I'm not as advanced as Riley, you know, being able to dissect the game like that. But uh, um, just to, I, I mean, played against a, John. That's how old I am. <laughs> from a wins perspective, I mean, this uh, and, and to see the leadership on the field, and you know, um, John Beck was one of those guys. But um, I mean, just the the athletic ability that that Zach has. Just talking to Zach personally, I mean, this guy. By the way, John, guy's John fi- John, John's going to want to fight you because <laughs> his senior year that everyone remembers, he had dual ankle sprains. Did he? He's, yeah. <laughs> he had a high ankle sprain on one side, and he had just like a normal low ankle sprain on the other. And so he hates being remembered as like this stable pocket guy. <laughs> but he would, and he'll he'll tell you about it. He goes, I would go in and I get, I get the firm tape job because you know they had the normal tape job, and then yeah. they had the firm tape. He goes, I get that, and then they'd put my shoe on, and then they'd spat me both ankles. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, um, last, oh, yeah. sorry. No, last, go, com- last go. comment might be from Andrew, who said uh, he said it seemed like the fact Andrew Bean, and it seems like the fact that BYU was able to get so many second and third string defensive players reps during the first three games this season paid dividends tonight. Depth was tested. A lot of those guys had already seen action. I'll say, uh, Hayden Livingston made a big tackle at one point. Alden Tofa, as uh, I said during the broadcast, brought some, uh, you know, some incredible energy in there, and then the. The platooning that they did with the three defensive linemen up front really paid dividends in the second half. It was uh, good to see Keanu Hill get in there, make a catch. I think that was one of the third and ones that, yeah, that, that BYU was, that, did that was not convert, time, right? Yeah. Uh, Keanu actually, that, that was a big, I think he had a, uh, he have a 10 yard gain. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Keanu uh, did get, uh, yeah, once, once Gunner had gone out, some other guys got reps and he, he was certainly one of them. All right. Yeah. Folks, uh, we're going to wrap it up. It is uh, 2.30 in the morning here in Houston. And so uh, another eight-hour broadcast day has concluded. No more Big 12 refs that, uh, with hours of reviews, please. <laughs> yeah, they do lengthen things a little bit. All right, uh, we'll, t- we'll uh, wrap it up by thanking our crew uh, back in. Oh, and I uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't uh, end the broadcast. Um, he said, uh, Bob, Bob emails and says, let's not overlook the obvious. I'm pretty sure we all really knew that things would end right when Wake got his hurdle in. So <laughs> another game, another hurdle for Mason Wake. He got it done. That's exactly right. All right. Our crew back at BYU Radio in Provo, our studio host, Jason Shepard, our control board operator, Liam Howard, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our engineers, Barry Squires, and Sean Fay. Thanks to the crew back in Provo. Our appreciation to the BYU Athletic Communications staff, Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox. Appreciate their help. Our, uh, our crew here in the booth and on the field, consisting of our engineer, Michael Wimmer, and our spotter slash broadcast and engineering assistant, Jared Ivins. Intern Jared was a rock star spotting tonight. Thanks to those two, which leaves uh, the guys on the headset. And that would be the man. Oh, we should also thank Ralph Sokolowski, Nate DeTorbell, and Caleb. Well, Caleb Daly took the night off tonight. But Nate and Ralph for their stat help from uh, from far away, from back home, helping me out with stats tonight. So we appreciate those guys as well. That just leaves the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And my name is Greg Grubel. Reminding you that our final score tonight is BYU 43 and Houston 26 as the Cougars in blue go to 5-0 and and next play one week from tomorrow home to Texas State. Great to have fans back in the building and in our crowd mics tonight. What a wonderful sound it was. And so great to see Cougar Nation celebrate with the guys here in person once again. That was fantastic. So, okay, I'm Greg Grubel saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Houston, Texas. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Smith's Food and Drug. Smith's now has grocery pickup and online delivery to save you time. Also by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorship Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.